Welcome to Respiratory HQ's Journey to Success podcast, the podcast specifically for RT students because you all are the future of the respiratory therapy profession, and not everything you need for success can be found in your textbooks. I'm Tanya Peel. I'm so excited to be here to give you a little guidance and insight, a few tips, maybe a few tricks to help you be successful on your journey through respiratory therapy school. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the third and final episode of Questions You Should Be Asking in an interview. And if you're just joining us on the tail end, let me back up just a little bit and tell you what we've done uh, with this series of podcasts. The very first podcast we did, we introduced a concept that that the interview process was really a two-way street. The first part of the interview is the hospital interviewing you to make sure you are a good fit for their facility. But the second half of that interview b- process belongs to you. You get to ask the hospital questions to see if they are a good fit for you. So the first podcast, we really talked about paying attention to the overall impression that you receive from the interview. During the interview, the department director, the department manager should make you believe that they are invested in your success within their department. And if you don't get that feeling, pay attention to that. We also talked about questions that you do not ask during the interview. And then we rolled into questions that you should ask to assess the type of support system that hospital um, delivers to their their staff. Um, my students like to affectionately call that being thrown to the wolves. How do you know if you're being thrown to the wolves or not? Well, the first series, the first episode in our series, talks about that. Now, the second podcast that we did in this series talked about questions that you could ask to ascertain if the department is invested in your growth. And when we talked about growth, we talked about three main areas, growth in your skills, growth in your education, and growth in your leadership. Because once you get out of school and start working, your education and the learning process is just beginning and there's so many different directions you could go. You want to be in a department that supports that. So that brings us to today, the third episode. And in my opinion, this episode is one of the most important episodes that we're going to talk about. Because in this one, we're going to talk about assessing the overall culture of the respiratory therapy department and then how that culture is tied to the leadership of that department. And when I say this is the most important, here's why. When you start school, when we all started school to become respiratory therapists, we were excited about going into what we consider, some of us considered a calling, a calling to take care of people, to ease their suffering, to ease their pain, to to make them feel better. And we all went through school and got to the graduation point, and we were passionate about that. I see students each and every year come to graduation day, and they are so passionate about going out into the profession and and doing a good job making a difference in people's lives. But oftentimes, I see those same students with so much passion take a job in a department with a really negative culture, and at worst, a very 
toxic culture. And I see those students that have so much passion, having that passion just snuffed out within a year or two. And from an instructor standpoint, that is just heartbreaking. So what I'm wanting to do here today is give you the questions that you can ask to decide what type of culture you're going into. Because when you can enter a respiratory department where the therapists respect each other and they all get along, morale increases, productivity increases, and you'll take better care of your patients. All right? Nobody really wants to go to work every day working with people who hate their job, who hate management, who do nothing but gripe and bicker and gossip. You want to be in that positive work environment where everybody respects each other and works together for the good of the patient. And I'm here to give you a little hint, guys. There is a direct correlation between employee satisfaction and involvement in the departmental leadership. Because good leaders of respiratory therapy departments will appreciate their staff, they will listen to their staff, they will let the respiratory therapist be part of the decision-making process, they'll mentor that staff, and they will give them challenges to rise to different levels and rise to maybe leadership's positions and advance within the department. So what I'm really wanting to do is to give you a few questions you can ask to ascertain the culture of the department. Is it positive? Is it negative? And the director's involvement in that culture. So here we go. The first question you can ask has to do with autonomy. So what level of autonomy do your respiratory therapist have? You have gone through two, three, maybe four years of respiratory school, depending on your degree. And we have taught you physiology and pathophysiology and treatment and anatomic alterations. You spent so much time in mechanical ventilation and critical thinking processes that you want to be able to go out and take care of your patients using that knowledge base, all right? You don't want to go out and just perform tasks because whenever we just have a lot of tasks to do, we don't engage our brains and patient outcomes suffer. So if you ask what level of autonomy the respiratory therapists have, hopefully that leads into a discussion about workloads and having enough time to assess your patients so that you can treat them correctly. Hopefully it leads into a discussion about protocols and how protocols are used in that facility. But what you want to do is be able to work in a facility that has a higher level of autonomy. You're going to be much happier if you can use your own brain. Okay, the second question you can ask is how much interaction and guidance you will have from the department director. Because a good department leader comes out of their office. They know what's going on with their staff. They know what incidents are taking places on the floor in the ICU. They will be physically present and you will see them. They should know your name because they're getting out and about amongst their staff. Okay, the third question we're going to ask, and actually this is a multiple part question because we want to keep them on their toes also, but these questions are going to give you an idea of 
how well that department manager is keyed in to the attitudes of the therapists that work for them. All right. So just ask them this. If you had to say what your therapists like most about working in this department, what would it be? What would they like least about working in this department? And what's your role in each of those? Okay, and that's a great question because number one, hopefully they know what the therapist like. If they pause and, and they don't know what the therapist enjoys, that might mean they're not out and about the, the staff that much. So asking what they like and then their role in that, hopefully, they are working to cultivate an environment that the the therapist working in that department that they're satisfied with their job hopefully they're cued in to what the therapists like what they enjoy what they need in their job and if they can also know what the therapist dislike working in that department Hopefully, they're going to tell you what they are doing to resolve that or to make it better or to minimize it or mitigate that circumstance. So asking these type of questions let you know how involved the department director actually is. Okay, another question you could ask. Ask what the department director does personally to make the staff feel supported and valued. Okay. Now, this doesn't just mean that, that on respiratory care week, they pull out all the stops one week a year. Ask them what the director, what that person does personally, not the management team, not anybody else, what the director does personally to make their staff feel valued. And that'll go a long ways in letting you know how engaged the director is with the staff of the department. Another really good question you could ask is what does the management team do to motivate the staff when they can't pay them more? And this is a situation um, you might be coming into when just past graduation. We have a lot of staff shortages, a lot of nationwide respiratory therapy shortages. So people are offering really huge sign-on bonuses for people to come work with them. If you're, if you get involved in traveling, they pay traveling therapists a great deal of money to contract in certain areas where there is a shortage. And I don't get into the, the right or wrongness of that. I'm just going to say this is, this is what it leads to. There will be employees that stay employed in a respiratory therapy department that don't leave that department for another place that offers a sign-on bonus or they don't leave to go traveling to make all of that money. There are employees that stay because they're committed to that hospital. And a good manager understands that there is the potential for resentment to develop. You know, you stay there and you never get a raise and you never get any type of monetary compensation, but you hear and see about everybody else getting these spectacular sign-on bonuses and this really huge increase in salary, and that builds resentment. So asking the question about what the management team is doing 
to make the staff feel supported when they can't pay them more, this is really, really critical. It shows that management, if they are doing something, they care about the feelings of their employees. They care to try to do something to offset and to compensate that and that they value that that, that commitment that a therapist has to staying in a facility instead of moving away. So in thinking which of these questions you want to ask, I know that there are some of you that are thinking, well, I don't want to rock the boat and I don't want to cause any tension. I don't want to to rub anybody the wrong way. And we talked about this in the first podcast, but I think it's important to, to bring it up again, especially when we're talking about culture of a department. If you are asking these questions in a kind and professional manner, you should not worry about offending anybody. But you should be concerned if they become defensive. All right. And I mentioned this in the first series and we mentioned this again. Any relationship, when we find ourselves lacking in a certain area or having a weakness in a certain area and somebody points it out, we have a tendency to be defensive. So if you see a department director getting defensive about the questions you're asking, that's not your fault. Okay, that is nothing that you have done. It's they're seeing now a weakness within a department they manage. And if they get defensive, I'm going to ask you to pay attention to that because if they're defensive during an interview, that says a lot about their leadership style. So pay attention to how they respond to the questions. Okay, and one last suggestion I'm going to make as far as you asking the question, and this isn't really my suggestion. This is one of my second-year student suggestions, so thank you, Lily, for letting me use your idea on my podcast. This is how you want to leave the interview, okay? You want to ask the director to share something about themselves in relation to our profession that makes them happy, okay? It could be something as simple as, tell me about your proudest moment as a leader, you could ask, what do you enjoy most about leading this team? Or you could ask another question, uh, what's your most inspirational moment in respiratory therapy? What's your biggest win in patient care? See, these type of questions do two things. Number one, it's kind of you to ask them a question about themselves. And if it's something they like to recall, you know, everybody likes to share a success story about themselves or the team that they work with, and it brings a little bit of joy into the end of that interview. And they are going to remember that. And they're going to remember you for asking that question that made them happy. So you need to do a little bit of thinking right here. You got to find a question that you can deliver and, and be genuine about it. But if you do and you bring a smile to their face, they're going to remember you. It's a kind thing to do. It's a generous thing to do. It makes people happy. And we all need a lot more of that in our worlds. All right, let's just summarize very quickly the questions you should be asking during the interview process. The first set of questions you want to ask about will tell you about the support system within the department. The second set of questions you want to ask has to do with how invested the department is in your growth in skills, 
education and leadership. And the third set of questions really needs to focus on the culture of the department and the department director's involvement in that culture. And don't forget, always leave them with a question that makes them smile. All right, all, I am signing off for today. I hope you have found this series of podcasts on interview questions beneficial. I hope you do some soul searching and thinking about what type of facility that you want to work within that is a good fit for you so that you will be happy with the profession of respiratory therapy. I wish you the best of luck.